Look at my feed! What do you see? The Pope of Positivity. Hello there, neighborhood. In case you have forgotten this particular voice, my name is DC Matthews, at DC Matthews NAI, and welcome to what will either be called the Pope of Positivity podcast, or perhaps Triple P, or it will be known as the Pontificast, and I'll decide that based on whether or not I get any hate mail from the Vatican. But either way, my name is DC Matthews, happy to be back with you. Took a little bit of an island vacation, unplugged myself from the neighborhood for the most part, and wouldn't you know it, I picked the slowest of all weeks. Not a thing happened. Nobody came back who's been gone for a while. Nobody got suspended for random reasons. Uh, There wasn't the beginning of this epic tapings of the showdown of cruiserweights. Nope, nothing happened. Just a boring old week. Uh, But uh, my plan for today is to chat about some of the major things going on. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know that the NAI network is saturating you with podcasts to the point where you may, in fact, be drowning. You may need an NAI official life preserver to keep you afloat because of the greatness that is Rant with Ant, The Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company, NAI Pod, Late Night Liam, DDT Wrestling, the DDT Top 10, or whatever we're calling it, which uh, we got some great feedback from our last show, which you heard uh, Saturday, it released Saturday, our first top 10 show, which was uh, debating the greatest entrances of all time. A whole lot of people giving us flack that we missed Brock Lesnar or the New Age Outlaws. I don't particularly find Brock Lesnar's entrance to be all that exciting. Uh, I will say, though, the you know the Outlaws perhaps merited at least an honorable mention. Um, a lot of people mentioning Triple H. Well, we talked about Triple H a great deal, so I don't know what you want from us here. Um, The problem with the top 10, and actually I think the beauty of the top 10, some might see it as a problem, but the beauty of the top 10 is that it is going to be subjective. Your list and our list are probably not going to be the same, and that's the point. The point is to inspire conversation, to inspire debate, and so I hope you enjoyed that. I think that is what we are going to go with for our NAI Network show. It seems to be... Uh, We had a great time recording it. It is something we can bank um, on the off chance that I go on vacation again. And sorry, Doc Manson, it's going to happen not too long from now. I'm unplugging again for a few days. It won't be Island, D.C. or Skipper, D.C., as it were. Uh, Grizzly Matthews making a return. I am heading back to my home away from home up in the great white north, the great white woods of Maine. Though they're not woods. Well, no, they are woods, but they're not white in the summer, but I'll be heading up there uh, sometime next week, actually. This is the beauty of being an educator, is you get oodles of time uh, to go on these wonderful vacations. But I'll be thinking of you, Doc Manson, as you uh, mow your lawn every 45 minutes. 
I do want to thank Doc Manson and Mrs. Manson, DDT, for recording uh, episode two of the Manson Family Podcast. I highly encourage you to check that out if you missed it this week on the DDT Wrestling feed, which you can find on iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. I'm fairly certain you'll be able to find DDT Wrestling. Um, They had a great discussion covering a lot of the topics that I'll probably talk about today, which is why I don't want to take a huge amount of time, because the problem with recording after a week away is that all of this is old news. Pretty much all of the things I'm going to talk about are something you've probably heard mentioned at least three or four times before. So I'm going to offer my own perspective because I am still trying to catch up. I may wind up repeating some of the opinions you heard. That's not plagiarism on my part. It is honestly, I I haven't listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, full disclosure, I haven't even finished the Manson Family podcast from this week. Uh, they were still talking about Lucha Underground, and uh, they were naming talents that I had. I don't know who Daga is, or Taya, or Rhea, or Rhea Mysterio. Is that it? Ray Mysterio have a operation or something. Ugh, now I'm uncomfortable. So let's get right into it and let's talk wrestling and let's talk about how great Star Trek: The Next Generation is. Uh, I've, you know, I have. Um, I, I think it's fair to say I have an addictive personality. One of the reasons I abstain from certain things is because I have an addictive personality, as Doc Manson can attest to. Uh, he, having been my roommate for four years, saw what an addiction to double stuff Oreos or wavy lace potato chips or Diet Coke can do for you. Um, and I, I go through phases where I, I binge watch something or I, I, you know, just dive into something so completely that I tend to lose myself in it and it's hard to come back out. And so I know this isn't wrestling. That was intentional. It was a swerve, like you can see on Swerved on the WWE Network. Oh, man, it's been a while. Um, So I started watching Star Trek The Next Generation, which is a show that I used to watch as a child uh, with my parents. Sunday nights, it used to be on. We would all curl up in front of the Matthews family hearth, and uh, we would watch Star Trek. And so it has a, you know, I will freely admit I dressed as a Star Trek officer one year for Halloween. My cousin uh, did as well. His costume was homemade. Mine was stored bought. He still hasn't forgiven me for that, especially since we both picked the same outfit. We were both Commander Riker. Um, So where was I going with this? Ah, yes. So this has a nostalgia feel to me. So I've been watching and I've I'm midway through season six, which is weird because I've gotten to episodes that I don't remember. So what happened was this show was out when I was in my, you know, nine, ten, right around the same age that I started watching wrestling, really. And I think that's part of the problem is as I got older and got more into wrestling and as pay-per-views happened on Sundays and Monday Night Raw and Monday Night Nitro became the rage, I stopped watching Star Trek. So I'm looking at these episodes going, I have no idea what this is. I thought I had seen them all, but obviously I hadn't, which is the beauty of Netflix. You get to catch up. So um, if you are a Trekkie, especially a TNG fan, because I have not seen Deep Space Nine or Voyager, perhaps I will someday. Uh, I'm not desperate to, but I might. They're on Netflix. Um, Feel free to share. I've found as... uh, 
As I've aged, my favorite character now is, oddly enough, Guinan, the character Whoopi Goldberg plays, the bartender. Um, and part of that, I think, is my own. You know, I owned once a bartending license. I only used it once for a certain tall guy's wedding. Not Doc Manson, but a mutual friend of ours. Um, so, but I did take a class and get a license. So, and, you know, I, I've always considered myself a pretty good listener and that is what the character of Guinan is she is of a race of listeners uh, but I really enjoy her character she is the you know kind of the wise sage who comes in at the appropriate time to say the right thing to a character who's facing some sort of decision or inner turmoil um, and I hope that's what I am to the neighborhood friends I hope I am your listener I hope you can come to me with your wrestling related problems your qualms your peccadillos and uh, I can fix them for you. And before you turn this off, because I've gone completely off the deep end, let me actually start talking about wrestling. I meant to get my big button box, which just sounds awkward, but that's the little automated voice thing that plays all those sound effects. Uh, I was hoping to get that ready for use today, but I still haven't figured out all of it, and I don't want to wind up playing with it because I think it'll result in a lot of miss pressed buttons. Um, but needless to say, this would be where a transition noise would happen as we move into our first topic. And our first topic has to be Roman Reigns. We have to start with talking about Roman Reigns. You know, it is funny. I remember listening to shows, um, listening to sports radio or listening to watching the shows around the horn or the, those type of shows on ESPN. And you always thought it was always seemed like right when, pardon me while I take a drink for you. Right when uh, a celebrity goes on vacation, Tony Kornheiser or Dale Arnold or um, Dennis or Callahan, if you're a WEEI listener, which I hope that you are, right when they would go on vacation, something big would happen. And I would always hope that they would come back during their vacation. Um, and I considered it. You know, Jason Multov asked if I would jump on to NAI Pod this Tuesday or last Tuesday to talk about the Roman Reigns situation. But I'm I'm on an island. You know, there's beach and there's you know, incredible food. And there's Mrs. Matthews who looked lovely the entire time, but she always looks lovely. Happy anniversary, my dear, in case you ever listened to it. We just celebrated our fifth wedding anniversary not too long ago. Um, so I decided not to cancel my vacation or not to call in um, from the island. Uh, and so I, I hoped that Jason Maltov and the New Age Insiders would be able to talk to Doc Manson, and it turns out that they did. And Doc, as always, did a phenomenal job. If you didn't get the chance to listen to Doc on the New Age Insiders podcast this past Tuesday, please make sure you do it. He makes some excellent points, as he always does. But Roman Reigns was suspended about five or six days ago now. Um, I haven't seen a lot of new information, and I don't think we're ever going to find out a lot of this, you know, as usual within WWE, when major news happens, when big things go down, uh, we only find out what they want us to know. You know, they can keep secrets when they wish to. And I think a lot of this is going to uh, say secret. You know, I don't know that we're going to know it. Uh, Roman Reigns tweeted that, you know, he has no excuses and he's owning it, whatever it is. Again, I don't know that we're ever going to find out. Um, what exactly tripped up the wellness policy and resulted in his suspension. Uh, so I don't want to talk too much about that. I want to talk today for just a few minutes about when they knew. When did they know? 
would be my question. Um, the timing was so convenient that just like Doc Manson, I have a conspiracy theorist brain. It's not as rooted in science as Doc's is, but I have to ask, when did they know? Did this, did he fail the test before he lost the title? Or perhaps did he know that he was going to fail the test and let them know? Because It is very hard for me to believe that they decided to take the belt off of Reigns and then just so happens a day or two later, he fails a test and suspends him. You know, I do not know that we have ever had a situation and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe we have um, where an actual world champion has been suspended whilst still holding the title. That changes things. And I know in a Brock Lesnar world where he disappeared for months on end as world champion, we could potentially see that. You know, uh, Roman Reigns could have been the champion and just gone off TV for 30 days due to some sort of kayfabe injury. Uh, however, I, I, I can't see that. And I know a lot of you will, will disagree, but I have to believe they knew beforehand. They decided to take the belt off of him. This answers a lot of questions. And it puts them in a very, actually what I would consider uh, to be a very optimistic and positive position heading into battleground. You have taken the belt off of Roman Reigns, which by and large, that's all you had to do to satisfy a lot of the fans who have nothing but hatred for Roman Reigns. And like Doc has talked about, he thinks it's too late for him. He does not know. I don't know that there is a way for WWE to get him back on the Roman Reigns bandwagon. Um, It's just been too long. They tried too much. They forced it down our throats so far. It's now in our duodenum, which is the upper part of your intestines, in case you didn't know. See, I have some science background. Um, It's, you know, and we're just choking on it. So there are people who are done with Roman Reigns no matter what, and that's fine. However, they were satisfied that the belt came off of him. Positive number one. Positive number two. Uh, Seth Rollins is now a two-time champion. I don't want to talk too much about title reigns and the number of them and how that number has become inflated in a two-brand system, even though we're heading towards a two-brand system, so that's probably going to continue to happen. However, it shows that Seth Rollins is a credible champion. Again, he won the title. He pinned Roman Reigns, which is the second time I believe he's done so, if you count WrestleMania. Um, He has Roman Reigns' number. Roman Reigns can't seem to beat Seth Rollins, which puts them in position to tell that story of Roman Reigns now in a weird underdog position, having to beat Seth Rollins, the guy he can't seem to beat. Um, Plus, it also ensures that Seth Rollins maintains his status as a main event guy. Doc Manson doesn't like Seth Rollins, and that's fine. I enjoy Seth Rollins a great deal. I still think he'd be better as a babyface and hold that thought. But there's positive two and or three with Seth Rollins being champion, and now Dean Ambrose is your champion. Positive four. Uh, He is now... He's overcome the obstacles that we talked for weeks about. Um, You know, uh, somebody tweeted out some stat that since his loss at WrestleMania, he has this ridiculous win-loss record. Um, He is doing very well since WrestleMania. I enjoyed 
him at Money in the Bank. I haven't even talked to you since Money in the Bank. My goodness, it's been so long. Um, when he won that title, the look on his face standing on the ladder, and I'm actually talking about the briefcase here, when he climbed the ladder and he took down the briefcase, there was this look on his face, and I saw the Dean Ambrose that I wish we saw more of, which was not goofy Dean Ambrose, though I enjoy goofy Dean Ambrose and his taxi cab. But it was this, you know, he still looked like a lunatic, but he was more serious. And I enjoyed that because whether or not he was going to cash in, and I did watch in the morning and it did get spoiled for me, but that's fine. That's the risk you take when you don't watch these pay-per-views live. I'm not blaming anyone but myself. Uh, However, you know, you believed when he won that match, which I had pretty much guaranteed Kevin Owens would win. I thought it was his for the taking, and I was wrong, as tends to happen. I don't believe I have the index card still, but neither Doc or I did great. I think I predicted four out of the eight uh, matches correctly, and I think Doc only predicted three, uh, none of which is a good record. And I actually think those pay-per-views are probably the better ones for me, the ones where the teams I'm not expecting to win win. You know, when I get surprised as a wrestling fan, I'm enjoying myself. But regardless, Dean Ambrose as champion is a positive because now you have the potential for a triple threat where it happens whenever. Doesn't matter as much. But now you've got Dean Ambrose as a main event guy. So a lot of positives came out of that. Plus, another positive, you got rid of the briefcase. And I know they talked about this on NAI Pod. Heading into two brands, you got to get rid of the briefcase because then you got to figure out what you're doing with the briefcase. So they're in a great position right now, regardless of the suspension, which again comes back to the convenience of Roman Reigns losing the title and then being suspended. I don't know anything about the drug testing policy of WWE, nor do I claim to. However, it is my belief, and it's just a belief, no facts here. But it is my belief that WWE knew something was going on. They knew he was taking something, whatever it was. Maybe it was something to get healthy. Maybe it was a recreational substance. Though, as I think they talked about this week, those don't tend to result in suspensions for people. Regardless, WWE knew something was up. Maybe they knew that his name was next on the list. They knew that he was going to have to get tested. He hadn't been tested in a while. Maybe they knew that something was going to show up, and they put a plan in place, which worked very well for them, storyline-wise, character-wise, all sorts of things. But it also got the belt off of him, so they did not have to deal with the public relations issue of your world champion um, failing substance test. Had he still been champion, it would have made headline news. It did not show up on CNN. I watched CNN.com very closely. I watched ESPN.com very closely because that Roman Reigns right now, like him or not, is a big name. And I figured it was going to make some sort of news. It didn't. And I think the only reason why is he's not champion anymore. If he had been champion, you better believe that was going to make some byline on CNN.com, WWE champion suspended for drugs. That would have shown up. So, I have to believe, conspiracy theory or not, I have to believe that uh, they knew 
Um, regardless, you know, it is the timing works out. He can show up for Battleground. If it was me personally, if I was running WWE, I would make this Ambrose versus Rollins. The two of them have a feud that has lasted for years. They can fight a singles match. Whether or not you suspend Roman Reigns on camera or not, you just take him out of the picture. He can show up. Somebody tweeted this around Tuesday. Forgive me for not writing it down. But you have him show up at the end of the match. He interferes somehow. You push back the triple threat to SummerSlam, which I think we all can agree is probably when it should happen anyways. You're making Battleground a big deal pay-per-view with having this match. And maybe that's their idea. Maybe their plan is to make all of these pay-per-views big deals. And so they're going to put big matches on when it's appropriate. And perhaps, and I'm just thinking this now as I'm talking to you, perhaps we can't fault them for that. You know, I spend a lot of time talking about how WWE needs to have um, the gimmick match fit the feud and not vice versa. That's my problem with gimmick pay-per-views is you know that Elimination Chamber is coming up or a cell match is coming up or TLC is coming up and you have to write your storylines to fit the parameters of that gimmick match. And it is my belief that it should be the opposite where a gimmick match shows up because the storyline dictates it. Samoa Joe and Finn Balor were fighting so violently that you needed a cage to contain them to keep everyone else safe. Um, Again, still not the greatest story. I think you could have come up with a better gimmick match there, but it made for a good match and a good storyline down in NXT. Maybe we should let the triple threat match happen whenever it is meant to happen. Right now is the perfect time to do it, and if it happens at Battleground, so be it. So, interesting thoughts there. Either way, I think we can pretty much guarantee Roman Reigns does not walk out of Battleground as champion. Maybe Rollins wins it back, and now he's a three-time champion. Maybe Ambrose retains it, and he actually gets to do something with the new, with his championship run. He's not a transitional champion. He's not a Mick Foley kind of also-ran champion. I hope that's true. Uh, But that's my take on the Roman Reigns situation. And so now, again, I wish I had my buttons. I'll have to make sure I get those for next time. Uh, Let's move on and talk about, from someone the fans seem to uh, detest, to someone the fans adore, as evidenced by the New Age Insiders tweeting about their Boston show experience last night. Uh, Let's talk about Sasha Banks. She made her return on Raw. She is back, seemingly, uh, full-time. And she looks to be right up to there to challenge Charlotte for the women's title. So my question, and maybe I have questions for all of these. My question for Roman Reigns was, when did they know what they knew? Um, My question about Sasha Banks is, why was she gone so long? Now, I don't want to get into the injury speculation, only because that seems to... (laughs) rile up some people in the neighborhood when we talk about whether or not Sasha Banks was injured and who reported it and going back and forth and then things get put into folders and I don't know what's going on when that happens. Um, I don't know if it was an injury. My speculation is Sasha Banks was kept off television intentionally and it has nothing to do with Sasha Banks. It has to do with the woman holding that championship. I think Sasha was held off of TV in order to give Charlotte more of a chance. 
So bear with me here while I try to explain this. And if you're asking yourself, did DC do a lot of preparation for this show? Nay, nay, I did not. So a lot of this is going to be talking off the top of my head. So bear with me. Um, fact one. WWE Universe adores Sasha Banks. Extremely. She is, I would probably say, the most popular female wrestler in the company right now. Bailey and Asuka could hold a candle to her, but they're down in NXT. Right now, Sasha is the person. Natalia doesn't come close. Becky Lynch doesn't come close. It is all about Sasha Banks. Point one. Point two. Charlotte does not do well in front of crowds with a microphone in her hand. We've seen that. Um, As much as I've spent the last two years or so talking about how talented Charlotte is in the ring, and she still is, she is far from a finished product when it comes to mic skills, interactions, and all of that. She's gotten better, but she's not there yet. So WrestleMania ends, if my memory serves, with... Charlotte winning the title, Sasha's in the triple threat. The crowd obviously wants Sasha to be the champion. Had Sasha continued to stay on television following April, so now we're talking three months ago here, almost three months, they would have had to tell that story sooner rather than later. And Charlotte's not ready. They needed to continue to build Charlotte up to be this ultimate heel so that when Sasha Banks takes the title from her, it is not just a big deal for Sasha, it's a big deal for the company at large and the division at large. So I think they kind of took her off TV. Maybe she had a lingering injury that could heal up, though she kept doing house shows. I think they kept her off TV to tell Charlotte's story because now Charlotte's had the time with Ric Flair she did the, you know, the Montreal-esque screw job. She now is aligned with Dana Brooke. She is the top female heel in WWE, which is where she probably needed to get to because now Sasha can be the top face taking on the top heel. If this match had happened a few months ago, Charlotte wasn't heelish enough yet. You know, Ric Flair was still Goofy Rick, who we kind of was like, oh, he's cute in that goofy old man way where he should be in a home somewhere, kind of running around in his bathrobe and wooing at the nurses. Um, So I think she was gone to tell Charlotte's story. And now, if they fight at SummerSlam or Battleground, again, this seems like that's happening, although we've got now um, Natalia's a heel. And I saw a picture of her with Eva Marie and Charlotte and Dana Brooke, which was an odd uh, quartet. Please tell me that's not going to be the four horsewomen. Though Natalia would make sense as a horsewoman. If they're going to go that route, she makes a lot of sense in that role. Um, So maybe they have a multi-woman match at Battleground leading to Sasha versus Charlotte at SummerSlam. But either way, Sasha's here. Charlotte's now more ready. This story could potentially be a main event level story. It would not have happened two months ago. So that's my guess as to why Sasha has not been on our TV, uh, was to get Charlotte ready so that this story had the gravitas it needed. 
uh, also returning on Raw were the Wyatts. And we kept thinking they're going to show up in, um, you know, at Money in the Bank. Bray's going to show up here. He's going to interfere in this main event feud or in that main event feud. He'll fight with Roman Reigns again. And then they show up and they're feuding with New Day, which at first felt like a letdown. You know, come on, Bray Wyatt's such this great character. You're going to let him feud with New Day. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm okay with it. And it's because we've we've fooled ourselves into believing that he is, just like Dean Ambrose was, he is one or two steps away from making that leap into full-on main event status. And while I still believe that to be true in some way, at the same time, I'm okay with him in a mid-card feud right now, especially if it means he could potentially win. Um, I, I'm Again, full disclosure... I still haven't finished Raw. I didn't see this. I saw Sasha, but I did not see the Wyatts return. Or if I did, I missed it. So I got to watch it and figure out what's going on. I heard something about Xavier falling under the thrall of the Wyatts for a minute there. I don't know what that's about. Um, Now I'm going to feel real sad, and I know a bunch of you out there uh, will agree with me. If the Wyatt family finally wins the tag titles without Luke Harper, I'm going to be real disappointed because Luke Harper is the number one. You know, he's the he's the B plus guy to Bray Wyatt's A. And sometimes I even go back and forth on whether or not that's even fair. I love Luke Harper, um, so hopefully his ACL injury will be healed enough so he can be a part of this. Um, but I I am willing to let WWE tell the story they want to tell with the Wyatts. So maybe they wind up winning the tag titles. At least it would mean a championship for poor old Bray. Unless he's managing Rowan and Stroganoff, which I think we can all agree is probably the worst of all possibilities here. Uh, And maybe it's a six-man. You know, there's three members of New Day. There's three members of the Wyatt family right now until Harper gets back from injury. I'm okay with that, too. Uh, I'm glad to see Bray Wyatt back on our television. He is... He had one of the great entrances. I believe he placed... I I don't know where my top ten list went there. See, this is a problem. I go on vacation and I lost all of my things. I've got index cards everywhere. I don't know which one's which. Nope, that's not the right one. Uh, But regardless, I think he showed up on our list of top ten entrances so far. So as long as I get to see that entrance, as long as I get to see Bray Wyatt throw his body at people um, and do that rock bottom, otherwise known as the Uranagi, with more force than I think I've ever seen. I'm happy. So I'm glad to see the Wyatts back. Wyatts versus New Day should be entertaining. I look forward to seeing where it goes. All right. Kurt Angle. I'm going to go real fast through these next few because I do not want to take up your precious podcast time neighborhood. Uh, Thank you so much for allowing me back into your ear, which sounds really bad. Like, real bad. Like, I need to take a drink so we can all accept how bad that sounds. That was awkward. Uh, That was awkward for everybody. Moving rapidly along Kurt Angle. Um, I think this is a situation where whatever the deal was, whatever these confidential conversations uh, that Kurt Angle was having with WWE, and I believe that they'd happened. I do believe that they happened. Um... Kurt Angle made the mistake that so many people tend to do, which is you go on social media or you go out there into the world and you talk about something that WWE 
doesn't want you to talk about. It's gotten plenty of wrestlers in trouble, and I think it just got Kurt Angle into a little bit of trouble. If they were having confidential conversations, WWE probably didn't want him talking about them to anybody. So once he started saying, oh yeah, I'm coming back, I'll be back for the brand split, guys, don't you worry... I'm sure Triple H or WWE or Vince McMahon was like, and eh, never mind. You can't be trusted. And I can't blame them if that's the case. If Kurt Angle was not supposed to tell people and then went ahead and did it anyways, I could totally see why WWE would say, we don't need you that badly. Which is a shame because there is a natural fit for uh, Jason Jordan and Chad Gable, American Alpha, to kind of take over as the new world's greatest tag team. Um, and I think that opportunity may have been lost because Kurt Angle didn't keep his mouth shut. Word to the wise. If you're going to get a job in WWE, you need to follow the company line. You talk about what they want you to talk about. And if they don't want you to talk about it, don't say a word. Cruiserweight Classic. I'm so excited for this. It is not even funny. I have managed so far. That's me knocking on wood. I have managed so far to avoid any spoilers. And I mean this when I say it, neighborhood. I am the Pope of positivity. I try to be optimistic and happy about all things. But if you ruin this for me, we are done. If you ruin this for me, if you tweet at me, I'm not even going to give you my Twitter handle now because you'll be tempted to do it just to be spiteful. But if you tweet at me and tell me what happens in this Cruiserweight Classic, we may never speak again. I live a spoiler-free lifestyle for the most part, and I would like you to respect that. And I believe enough of the neighborhood understands that and feels similarly that I think we're all going to get along splendidly. But as a teacher, there's a time to be nice and there's a time to lay down the law and let people know when you're serious. I am very serious when I say, do not spoil this Cruiserweight Classic for me. Your homework assignment is to uh, get online, if you haven't seen it yet, and watch the introductions of the 32 men who are competing in this Cruiserweight Classic. I did see that. I got to see Mauro Ronaldo and Daniel Bryan together for the first time. Uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun commentary-wise. Um, but you should watch their entrances. Uh, see who the crowd responds to. See you know, see a little bit about these guys. I'm ready for this to be an entire division. Forget just a 32-man tournament. Have this crown the Cruiserweight champion. And then let these guys wrestle week in and week out. You know, there was a lot of interesting looking guys and guys with probably stories that would be interesting to tell and people that we could respond to, not just Zack Sabre Jr. or Kota Ibushi or Tajiri. I hope you appreciate my uh, Twitter profile picture, which is William Regal and Tajiri, one of the greatest odd couple pairings of all time, uh, reunited after however many years. So... I'm real excited about this. I do think it's Sabre versus uh, Kota Ibushi in the final. Um, just based on crowd reaction, that seems to be likely. Uh, but there are some great talents in this uh, that I'm looking forward to seeing. So if you haven't seen it yet, get online. Go look. It's on YouTube. Watch the entrances. There was a parade. I don't need to see the parade. I saw the entrances. I'm excited. I hope you are too. It's going to be a lot of fun this summer as a wrestling fan. All right, 
Uh, I did watch NXT. I have not finished Raw, but I did watch NXT last night because it's the most recent show I care about. I'm still a couple of weeks away from caring about SmackDown. Uh, and uh, I want to talk about Ty Dillinger. Um, and, you know, so people were tweeting at me saying, you know, I've given up on Ty Dillinger. He lost to Oni Lorcan, who is Chris Gerard, who is Biff Busick. Um, and they were like, how can he how can he lose to a guy who didn't even get an entrance or all of that? Let's think of this from an old school perspective. All right. Uh, let's go back to the territory days. Back when there was a Northeast territory, Florida was a territory, Texas was a territory, etc., etc. Um, let's say Ty Dillinger was wrestling in the Northeast for a while. And then he decides he's done all he can do in the Northeast Territory, and he's going to head down to the Carolinas, to Jim Crockett. Or he's going to head down to Florida, or he's going to head out to, you know, the Portland Territory, where Roddy Piper may or may not have gotten his start. I haven't read his book in a while. Um, What happens to a wrestler when they're on their way out of a territory is they put over as many people as they can before they leave. That's the idea. When you leave wrestling, whether it's a territory or, in this case, a promotion, your job is to put over as many people as you can before you go. Well, Ty Dillinger has lost to uh, Andrade Almas. I was going to call him the godfather. Um, He's lost to Andrade Almas. He's now lost to Oni Lorcan. And he may or may not have lost to No Way Jose. I can't remember. Doesn't that seem like that's exactly what he's doing? Doesn't it seem like Ty Dillinger may or may not be kind of wrapping up his time in NXT. You know, there's a draft in two or three weeks. Rumor is a whole bunch of NXT guys are going to get drafted. Maybe Ty Dillinger's one of those guys, so he's trying to put over as many of these new guys, the guys who are not getting drafted, I'm sorry, Andrade Almas, not getting drafted, No Way Jose, not getting drafted. Wouldn't that also kind of explain why Austin Aries is randomly going to feud with Noe Jose right now? Which doesn't make any sense, except maybe the whole idea that Austin Aries is going to get drafted. And so maybe he'll put over Noe Jose on his way out. It's entirely possible that NXT is going to lose Finn Balor, Shinsuke, maybe even Samoa Joe, Bailey, Asuka, I've heard rumor about Nia Jax, Ty Dillinger, American Alpha, I've heard rumors about the revival. I've just named almost everyone that we really care about. There's got to be some other people left. You can't have, as much as I would enjoy it, you can't have No Way Jose and Oni Lorcan and Alexa Bliss and all of them. You can't have them go from being mid-card or lower to suddenly being main event talent unless some other talent helps them and the best way to do that is to give them wins. If we see in the next few weeks, and don't spoil it, spoiler free, I know it's taped already, but don't spoil it. If we see Austin Aries put over No Way Jose, then Austin Aries is getting drafted. Finn Balor's going to wrestle Shinsuke Nakamura in three weeks, not at TakeOver Brooklyn, in three weeks, which has probably already been taped. What does that tell us? We have to look at the information and interpret it based on our knowledge. The draft is coming up. In three weeks, both of those guys could move up to opposite brands, or just one of them. Maybe Shinsuke stays. 
This is the only opportunity for Finn Balor and Shinsuke to fight. They have to do it now. They do it in three weeks. They don't wait till Brooklyn. Ty Dillinger is on a losing streak. He did a great job of looking lost. His entrance wasn't as exciting as it usually is. And then he almost looked like he was going to cry after losing. He looks like he needs to find his way. What better way to do that than to be drafted? And all of a sudden now... You can be the perfect 10 in WWE. That's what's going on. My prediction is we will not see Ty Dillinger in NXT much longer. And maybe he will not be paired with Tyler Breeze and Fandango, despite the fact that it is the most obvious pairing ever, and they would be they would be everything we wanted the social outcasts to be, but they couldn't. You know, we wanted the social outcasts to be great and not just great in the sense that they would, you know, kind of light the world on fire for six weeks and then we'd forget they existed. Those three guys, when paired together, could have staying power. I don't care what you say. Breeze and Fandango doing the suntan thing from SmackDown into Money in the Bank was hilarious. Little gross, but hilarious. They told a great story. If you have a problem with the fact that they're finally getting, they're taking these two talents who we both, we've always enjoyed and they're letting them tell a story, then I question whether or not you enjoyed them in the first place. It was silly. Yes. Was it an insult to the talent of Tyler, Tyler Breeze? No. And stop it. You're better than that was not an insult. What's an insult to the talent of Tyler Breeze is doing nothing on Raw or SmackDown. Being forced to be on main event wrestling Sin Cara is an insult to the talent of Tyler Breeze. Doing something entertaining on Raw or SmackDown, regardless of the level or place on the card, is worthy of the talents of Tyler Breeze. There's only a large handful of guys who do that. There are only so many talents in the world who are wrestling on a level of WWE. Regardless of what their job is, Tyler Breeze is one of those guys. So is Fandango. Respect that. And I stand by my prediction, especially if we're getting two world tag team titles. Tyler Breeze and Fandango will hold tag team gold in 2016. Take that prediction and put it in the bank. It will happen. I was right about the revival. I am right about this. They will win tag team gold, and they will be exciting while they do it. I was supposed to be talking about Ty Dillinger. Sorry, got a little off topic. Uh, Ty Dillinger's getting called up. Uh, You can take that prediction to the bank, too. Ty Dillinger gets called up. Whatever he does, it's deserved. We've talked about him before. I did my own little little vignette into the life of Ty Dillinger. I'm not going to do that again. He's getting called up last night. His loss to Oni Lorcan. Great finisher, by the way. That's a finisher. It's going to go far. That name is terrible. That finisher's cool. Um, that proved it to me. Uh, other things from NXT. I got nothing. I'm glad Bailey's back. I don't think that's going to last too long. I think she is getting called up. Um, Nia Jax should get called up just because she looks visually so different from every other diva. You need that. 
the divas all can't look the same. You need some sort of visual discrimination. If Nia Jax and Eva Marie get to team at the WWE level, I'm happy with that. I'm excited for Buddy Murphy. Um, you know, I've talked about this before, but I predicted very early on in my podcasting and writing days that Buddy Murphy was going to be um, a star in NXT and possibly WWE. That kind of fell away with Dingo and Clap Clap, but he wrestled Shinsuke. That's good. Promising. I don't care if he becomes a jobber to the stars now. I'm I'm satisfied with that. It's anything was better than Blake and Murphy. That tag team was just awful. All right, I have to end on a positive note. Let me share some positivity with you. I've talked about the Cruiserweight Classic. That's a big piece of positivity for me. What else? Uh, just life is good. Take a moment to appreciate how good life is. The world is crazy. Lots of crazy things going on. Um, I'd love to talk to some NAI UK folk out there. I'll probably get on Twitter and do that today. Would love to know what you're feeling out there in the world. Um, and more than just the world and whether or not you're exiting or entering any sort of union, um, Chip, good buddy Chip at Chip KNAI is advising me to start looking into progress wrestling. Um, I don't want to spend a super amount of money, and in fact, I might not spend any money, but I've considered New Japan. I've considered subscribing to New Japan and trying some of that out. Um, Chip is recommending progress. I believe, and has been tweeting about it to a level that even I noticed, and I'm one of the more annoying tweeters out there, I think you'll agree. Uh, so I'm interested uh, to know what you think, and not just NAI UK folk. If you were going to spend money on wrestling outside of WWE, I've done Ring of Honor ringside membership. That's not happening again. Uh, there's just too many problems, which I've talked about ad nauseum. Not going to do it here. But what should I be watching? Besides WWE, if I branch out from World Wrestling Entertainment, what should I be watching? Should I be catching up on Lucha Underground? Probably. As soon as I find an easy way to do it, I will. Uh, but what else is there out there in the wrestling world that I should be experiencing? I've got an abundance of free time coming my way for the next two months. Help me figure out how to use it. And you can help me at DC Matthews NAI. You can even send something to ddtwrestling at gmail.com. I'm fine with that. Send us an email. You can label it just to me. Maybe we'll read it on the air. Depends on if uh, Doc Manson at Doc Manson ever listens to this show. P.S. He won't. He won't. He won't listen to this at all. But um, I'm back. And better than ever. And if you thought I was going to start off with the Eric Bischoff theme, just wait for DDT Wrestling this week and you'll get your wish. All right there, ladies and jelly spoons. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Thanks for joining me on this Pope of Positivity podcast or the Pontificast or whatever else I decide to call it. Uh, until we meet again, my friends, I'll see you around the neighborhood. <laughs>